Hello, I'm a Mac and I'm a PC. <laughs> Actually, I'm an adorable cupcake and I'm showing my age. If you know what I'm referring to, I'm referring to the old Apple commercial where they compared the difference between Macintosh and Windows based computers and the two guys came out and the guy was like, I'm a Mac, I'm a PC. And it was it was a whimsical commercial and it was funny and I looked at the differences and really what Apple wanted to do was to think different. And I think a comparison could be made between the traditional art teacher and the tab teacher or the choice-based teacher. Not that one is better or anything, it's just that there are differences. So today, we're going to take a look at how the student-directed choice-based tab art teacher thinks different. All right, before we get into all that, I received a question this week and it asked, what is the difference between tab and choice-based? Now I do throw the word around sort of interchangeably sometimes, so it is a good question. So here is my answer. Tab is the philosophy. It is the philosophy that states that the student is the artist and the art room is their studio. It's the philosophy, the way of thinking. Now choice or choice-based is how I implement. It's the method I use. Uh, it can be limited or it can be open choice, but it's that method I use to deliver content so that I can have a tab classroom and I can go by that tab philosophy. So I implement choice because I believe the tab philosophy in order to make artists. And that's it in short. Um, sometimes I do say, you'll hear me say student directed. That's only because admin likes that word. <laughs> and they think I'm cool if I say stu you know, student directed. So I'll throw that one in there sometimes too. But, um, but, but that's it in a nutshell. Um, and and, and we'll get, we get into a lot more of that. If you read the open art room, we talk more about tab and choice space and that type of thing. But for now, I'm just giving you to the short of it. So let's get on to our topic for today. And that is to think different. So to think different, I want to ask a few questions about things that our teachers do, things that our teachers do. Um, do you ever notice that the most challenging students in your class are the ones that, um, they can be really talented, but um, the, their work doesn't look like the rest of the class. Like, I mean, for me personally, I remember being a, a traditional teacher and I'd be like, I'd say, we're gonna paint the landscape and they'd like paint a lion, you know? Or I'd say, hey, we're gonna do perspective drawings and I'm, I'd require a ruler and they just freehand sketch it, you know? <laughs> and and it, it, the challenge was is that it wasn't just they weren't following directions because they certainly weren't, but the challenge was this, these students were like the most engaged like they were really enjoying the art and they were producing really good art and and so that's like a that's like a real challenge I had um, with those students and and tab kind of addresses this in a sense um, it it upends that teaching pyramid where the teachers on the top the teacher saying you've got to use a ruler or you've got to paint a landscape and it, it enables the students to make those choices so I want to go over some of the questions here I, I thought and then we can answer them together Mostly, I'll be answering them. Um, why is the teacher deciding the subject? Like, why in the world is the teacher deciding the subject? So, I mean, our teachers, I think, are programmed to provide the subject to our students to use in their art. Like, that's like what we do. Um, a lot of times, it's selected on things we're interested in. Like, I might say, I'm really into abstract Zentangles. So, hey, everybody, we're all going to do a Zentangle project. Or I might really like birch trees and be like, hey, everybody, we're all going to paint birch trees. And, and, you know, that's because we're presenting the subject matter for our students to emulate. But that's not what they might be interested in. And so it really comes from, I don't know, almost our, our own sense I don't want to say ego but definitely our own likes and dislikes um, but we don't think about you know normally what the students thinking about 
And we should. Um, you know, we should assist the student in pursuing their interests. You know, we should allow students to explore what they are enthusiastic about. They might not be enthusiastic about birch trees, um, you know, but that doesn't mean we can't teach them things. By using themes, you know, we can use a single word like, you know, soft, grow, or tired. And the student might just come up with the idea of a birch tree. You say grow and he might want to do a birch tree because that's something he's interested in and it starts to grow. But it leaves it open, right? Grow can mean so much more. Like it could be seeds growing or it could be, you know, like I used to measure my growth on the by making marks on the wall and I was, you know, 34 inches tall. And then my dad would yell at me for writing on the wall. But anyway, that's a whole other story. But, you know, the, then the student can decide what the subject will be and it'll be based on their interests. So that's, that's a different way of looking at it definitely looking different. Okay. Why is the teacher searching for projects? <laughs> Think about this, people. Why are we the ones looking for projects? I mean, we're constantly seeking out lesson plans, right? I mean, did you ever read online and people be like, hey, does anyone have a good lesson that teaches, you know, blah, 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 watercolors that teaches, you know, blah, 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 whatever it is. And then uh, we, you know, we go search um, you know, like Pinterest and, and there'll be, a, or even teachers pay teachers, right? There'll be like a thousand lesson plans, how to teach acrylic landscapes. And, you know, and people be like, oh, that's exactly what I was looking for because we're the ones. Now, a lot of times it's for good reason. Um, we, we search out projects because primarily we want to incorporate skills or teach skills or and or we want to incorporate materials or teach materials. You know, like we'll say, I want to teach perspective. Does anybody have a really good, I'm tired of teaching 2D buildings. Can Does anyone have a really good perspective project? Or I really want to introduce them, like I said, watercolors. Does anybody have a really good watercolor project? Um, and, and so that's where it's coming from to start with. And, and we kind of have to get away from that. We don't have to start. I know it's hard to believe, but we don't have to start with the skill or the material. We don't have to start with either of those. We can do those both on the back end. And as we get into more of these podcasts, I'm going to go into more and more detail about that. But just, just stick with me right now. Just trust me on this one. You know, we can assist students in designing their own projects. You know, we can present new techniques and materials on the back end. We don't need to design the project specifically to teach those concepts. Like these new concepts, can be, we can do a demo. We can do a demo to begin with. We can say, hey, I'm going to show you how to do perspective. If you're interested, you can use it later. Or like I said, we can do it on the back end. We can be like, hey, what do you want to do? I want to do a building of a farmhouse. Hey, are you familiar with perspective? No. Want to learn it? Yeah, sure. Why not? Hey, sit down for five minutes with me, the ruler. I'm going to show you how to do it. So by letting them start with their subject again they can start to design the projects and we can spend a lot less time on Pinterest and a lot less money on teacher pay teachers you know and teachers are teachers we do we do value skills there's no doubt it's really high school teachers you know um, you know that's 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 a given and, and there's nothing wrong with that um, it's just building it into the project it might not be the way you want to go um, and sometimes you know we get so wrapped up in teaching skills that we want to teach consecutive consecutive skills can I speak here as a podcast yes we want to teach consecutive skills without giving the students time to apply the knowledge like we like teach a project that teaches a skill and then they show it and they demonstrate it in that project so we go right on to the next skill and we, and we blast them away. And in the end of the year, do they remember those skills? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. But if they decide they want to use that skill, you can be sure they're going to know how to use it because they're not kind of being forced and told to use it. They're deciding for themselves. So they're going to be much more engaged in that learning of that skill. Um, 
and and again, there's a lot of methods um, for doing that for teaching skills. I mentioned demos. I mentioned you know mini lessons you can do up front, and also we we can talk about boot camps. We could do a week of just like I'm going to show you some some boot camps or explorations is another way. You can look these up on the web and learn more about them. Again, boot camps is in the open art room. We talk about it a lot. Or I do a media fair, which I'm going to do a whole podcast about, where I just start the year off introducing media for like the first week. So I know they have a bunch of basic skills so they can use the medium they want. So there's ways we can do this. We can teach skills. We can teach skills differently. No doubt about it. So that kind of brings me to my next question, which is, you know, how do you know if you're a tab teacher? Like, how do you know when you've made the transition to tab? Like, is just letting them pick the subject enough? So I'm going to give you a couple more answers to that question of how you can know when you truly made the transition to tab, um, besides the ones we mentioned already. And um, I'd say the next one is you let your students solve the problems. Um, you know, essentially creating art is all about resolving issues. That's really what it comes down to. And the art teacher's job is to present the student with a problem and provide them the opportunity to discover like a visual solution to come up with one of those. You know, tap teachers don't provide foolproof solutions like, um, like a project would have. A project is designed to not fail. It's the opposite. A project is designed to be successful. You give student the project and you give them the step-by-step methods to do the project in order for them to to not fail. And and that's kind of a problem, believe it or not. It doesn't seem like it should be. Like, we don't want our students to be, you think you wouldn't want your students to fail. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but, but, but if we have the solution already for them, then they haven't designed the solution for themselves. They haven't solved the problem. And that's a problem. Um, you have to allow the students to solve problems. Like, they need to know there are risks and that you know and that they might fail and it's okay to fail which brings me on to my next topic you'll know you're a tab teacher if you say it's okay for you to fail as a student you know learning takes place even when the outcome is a disaster. I know it's hard to believe because we want projects, we want product. Of course we do. I mean, everyone wants to have a great painting that hangs on the wall and they can, or hang on the refrigerator and show their mommies and stuff like that. But you know what? Sometimes learning comes by just making mistakes and making a big disaster. And sometimes you can learn a whole lot more by having a big muddy painting of luck and just be like, wow, I really thought if I mixed all those colors together, it was going to look good. But you know what? It looks like mud. <laughs> uh, so, it, you know, we have to understand as tab teachers, we have to understand that, that the process is more important than a product. Don't get me wrong, product is important. Obviously, you want them to be successful, but you don't want to judge that they're learning just on the product because they can learn either way. Um, you know, and we, of course, we always hope for success over failure. There's no doubt about it, but you have to realize that student growth occurs even when the project flops. And that brings me to my next point, which is. Yeah, it's you're okay with look the look of actual student work. What? You know what? And I said on my first podcast that one of the problems I had when I before I switched to tab was I looked at my students' artwork and they all looked like high school projects. They didn't look like artists made them. They looked like like I gave them projects and they completed my projects and they look like high school projects. It just has a certain look like exercises almost, but not like art. The actual look of actual student art is different than teacher projects and I and I think it's it may be in high school it's not as noticeable but I think in elementary school it can be I'm probably gonna step up on your toes here if I step on your toes just um I'm sorry 
<laughs> but you know, like sometimes you can look at like a, a artwork made by you know a second grader and be like, "Holy crud! That kid made that! How did he? How did he possibly make that? That's incredible!" And then you realize the whole class is incredible, and that's because it was a great project, fail-proof project, and they all and they all created it. But if you just gave a you know a second grader a crayon and or a pencil or something like that and asked him to draw something, you might not get a wow project out of it. You just might not. But it would be authentic art. You know, I mean, every teacher, every art teacher dreams of displaying artwork that looks like it was created by Michelangelo. But when you actually have student art, it looks like more like Picasso's work, like and not in the intended way, if you know what I mean. So, you know, to combat that, you know, a lot of times art teachers design exemplars um, for students to mimic. And that's kind of the other side of it, too. So the students just reproducing the work that looks more like the artwork that the teacher created. And we don't want that either. Go back to we want the students to solve the problems, right? And we don't want them to just follow our instructions and our exemplars, even if it means they're not going to create this outstanding product. So you'll know if you're doing it right. You'll know if you're a tab teacher, if, uh, if you're allowing your students to design the work on their own. And then it's going to reflect the student's personality and their style. And that brings me, I guess, to my last point about being a tab teacher and this I also brought up in the first podcast which is um you know when students do all this you don't need to check the name on the back to know who made the art that's incredible that's an incredible feeling students in a tab classroom produce works of art as unique as the students themselves so each one of them creates this unique piece of artwork and it's a reflection of them and it looks like them and no two pieces are going to look the same but you'll know exactly which student made which piece it's a guarantee you'll never need to check the name on the back to see who made it believe me trust me on that one so I'm going to end this uh, podcast with a story about one of my students. Shocking, I know, right? <laughs> I'm going to tell you about Kara. Kara was, uh, she was in, I think it was Art 3 class at Apex back in the day. And um, she was working on a portrait of, of somebody. I don't even remember at the time. I remember she had a little canvas and she was painting this portrait. And it just was not coming out the way she wanted to. And I think she, you know, sometimes kids get like this. She got, she got really frustrated and she just took her palette knife and she started sweeping the paint across the image. Like she was just going to scrub it out she was kind of like just she was just messing it up she just had it up to here with it but then as she was doing that and 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 putting the palette knife on it you know something about the color and the texture it kind of caught her attention you know so she started dabbing her palette knife in in the paint and she kept sweeping across the canvas like in opposite directions and producing like a little pattern merged and then so you know she kept doing that for a little while you know and it wasn't too long before the whole canvas like was covered up with this small like little horizontal marks on it of different colors and it was at that point that I decided to, to talk to Kara about what she was doing. Now, in her mind, you got to remember, in her mind, she was just messing around. Like, this wasn't serious. She was frustrated with the portrait. It didn't come out, and she was just messing it up. But then she suddenly, you know, she failed, and then she got engaged with what she was doing. So I said to her, I was like, like what, are you, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, you know, she should go protect herself. You know, oh, I'm just messing around. You know, that's, that's what was her, her response was. But it was clear to me that she was fully engaged in this process. And, and I just said, you know, I think the pattern the texture is really interesting and you could tell like she she knew it too obviously and she kind of lit up like it was i was saying it's okay if you keep going on with that you know and and she did value what she was doing even though she didn't want to to admit it so because to her it was supposed to be a serious image it was supposed to be the portrait and everything like that and this was just texture and color but it was like man that's cool it's okay i was like you know well why don't you just make like nine or ten more of those like why don't you do that 
The next day, Kara came in with like three canvases, these small, these three small canvases. She purchased like right after school. She left that day. She went and she bought these canvases. And she came in and she started working like right away. And she started dabbing the paint with her palette knife and like systematically applying it to her canvases. And then when she finished one, she just picked up another canvases and started started right, you know, started right over again on the next one. And by the end of the day, she had all three of them, you know, filled up. So I went over to talk to her about it again. And, and we talked about, you know, what she found satisfying about it you know where she might go from there and then i was like she was like she wasn't really sure and i was like you know what you need you need to go bigger you need a bigger canvas so the next day kara came in and i worked with her and we actually got some some wood and some nails and we made a frame and we stretched the canvas and i guess it was maybe about a three by four um canvas we you know and she gessoed it and the whole bit and then she just went to work on that thing you know diligently creating this original abstract work um that was all her own it was all her own style it was all her own idea and it, it was a really good piece i mean seriously came out really well she had kind of practiced through these little ones so when she got to this big one she was ready to go you know and so she kind of developed this technique which became her own style and like in the following weeks she just produced like several more of these abstract works I mean, she probably could have gone on at her own show but it like like that's what I'm talking about with this whole kind of podcast here is like when you allow students to make decisions or allow them to fail and allow them to pick up the pieces and go on from that, they're going to create great pieces of art. And I think that's what Tab's about, making artists. Mm-hmm.